You're listening to the Dopos. This is Adam Doe, your host. Today I have my friend Dylan Chan coming on. Uh, we went to high school together, went to the same community college together. I really wanted to talk with him about NBA stuff, really, but we kind of just drifted off and started talking about our community college experience, the student college student life experience, and a little bit of Kobe at the end, and a little bit of podcasting, and the Joe Rogan deal, and yeah, I had a lot of fun. I uh, wasn't planned out at all. It was a lot of improv, which I liked. So thanks for listening and hope you enjoy. Here's my talk with Dylan Chan. It's kind of wild, but I mean, podcasting is picking up pretty, uh, pretty uh, fast now. I mean, like you see like the whole news about Joe Rogan going in like exclusive with Spotify mm-hmm. and how it's kind of like shaping up or like kind of like changing up the whole industry and how things are kind of just uh, going to start. I guess like Apple and um, YouTube or I don't know about YouTube, but I think Apple podcast said they're trying to start picking up like exclusive podcasts to like kind of match Spotify because they basically had like a monopoly on the whole industry for a while. So, I mean, that's pretty, it's pretty, in- uh, pretty uh, interesting. I think like some 70% of podcasts or something are like directly from Apple, I think, or something like that. So, I mean, yeah, but then, my friend was pointing out, he made the argument that like Joe Rogan accepting the money was bad for him short term because yes, he's getting a lot of money, but then he's losing out on like the YouTube algorithms or whatever that expose him to new people every time he posts a new episode. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I basically found him like last year. Uh, I was like, I I was kind of like learning about a guy called uh, Jordan Peterson and he went on Joe Rogan's podcast like a couple of times. And um, yeah, I just started like getting more into podcasts. And I was like, I was like, oh, dude, podcasts are kind of interesting. Like I like the more like long form uh, format, uh, you know, like everyone, I guess nowadays is, are really like caught up on social media and, and we kind of have like short attention spans, I guess. And like no one reads anymore. So it's like podcast is like a good alternative to get kind of like long form, more like informative things about uh, like specific subjects that you're really interested in and yeah I think that's pretty cool how it's kind of like blowing up now like literally everyone's trying to do the podcast now I like I like I, I like how there's different kinds of podcasts like yeah there are podcasts for if you want to learn about something but then others are just like conversational podcasts I like those the most I think where you just mm. listen in on two people or three people talking about basketball maybe or business yeah. or yeah so I'm more yeah. of like the, I like the conversational podcasts, but, um, mm. so, so you, you just started listening to podcasts then, right? Yeah. It's honestly pretty recent. Like I'd, I'd say probably in the past years, maybe year and a half to two years. Um, yeah. Like, like I was saying, I kind of got in through like Jordan Peterson on uh, Joe Rogan and, um, I was like really trying to like pick things up. Cause I was like, I was at PCC, you know, and, uh, didn't really know what I had like going for me. Uh, you know, I kind of slacked in high school, like not gonna lie, like I'll admit it. Um, and I was like, man, you know, I can't really, I've heard of like stories of people staying at PCC for like four or five, like six years. And it's like, I just didn't want to do that. And I was like starting to like try to get my, my, my like schoolwork together. And I was like trying to lose weight, ended up like losing like 60 pounds in like a couple months. And I was just trying to like get on that grind and I was like super driven and then 
transferred out, got a state, and I was like working on my real estate license. And then um, all this kind of hit, and like I was literally about to uh, test for my real estate license and kind of get started in that. Um, and then basically got shut down for like three months. Um, so trying to figure that out still. And I figured if we're going to be inside uh, for who even knows how long, you know, like people are saying until a vaccine comes out, which is maybe next year. Uh, I was like, what else could I do? And I was trying to think of other ways to, um, I guess, think about like a long-term career path or something that I would want to do more of. And um, I was kind of like looking at like mortgage uh, loan originators is what they're called and kind of like do that. Cause it's, it's like a, it's doable uh, online. You know, it's not like an in-person thing. Uh, like it's not required, but um, yeah, it's just, trying to like figure out how to make things work in uh, times like now, I guess. I like how we just started talking about podcasting and then you just gave your whole life story to me right there. Dude. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just interesting times, man. You know, it's kind of just like having a lot of time to just really think for yourself, I guess, you know, nothing, not a lot to really do per se. Like, I mean, you could find avenues like, like podcasting or, something that you could really do at home that, you know, you just really like doing and try to like pick up some steam on that. But yeah, I mean, you just got to find something to do now. Yeah. I just, uh, I take a lot of breaks with my podcast. Like dude, mm. when you take breaks on stuff, it's so hard to get back. So yeah, I'm just trying to keep this podcast thing going more regularly, I guess. And, um, I, I guess I'm just aiming for one new episode a week. But this is okay. like, this would be my second episode this week. So Dang. off to a good start. But I, I think Dang, of it as just yeah. a good way to talk with uh, friends over Zoom and, uh, or just talk about basketball over Zoom with someone and keep in touch with people or even meet new people, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was like, I was seeing uh, some of your, uh, like once in a while, kind of like just seeing what you, uh, what you're like up to and just like, um, like how you're talking about your, your, was it like an internship with the Clippers? Um, a part-time job with the Clippers that lasted for only one game. Uh, it was a Lakers Clippers game in like March. And then the okay. next week after that, like game, uh, season was suspended. Right. And, uh, yeah. Dang. The other thing was like internship with summer league, but that's not going to happen because you know, summer league. Right. Isn't, yeah. Yeah. Dang. So what, what were you doing? Uh, Clippers. It was just working. Uh, helping the group sales executives um, with their clients. So like okay. you, you buy like hundreds of tickets as part of a group and then you get to send, you know, 25 people in that group to do something uh, exclusive at Staples Center, like send kids down Dang. during the okay. national anthem. And so, yeah, uh, the, during my my day working for the game, the coolest part was just like standing courtside for 10 minutes with like some kids and, uh, I helped like put them on the court in front of the Clippers players during the mm. national anthem. Oh, okay. And uh, Patrick Beverly was standing like really close to me, like five feet away from me. Yeah. And dang. he, uh, I thought he was talking to me during the national anthem, <laughs> but he was talking to himself. He was saying like, Hey, this is best country in the world right here. Best country in the world. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 That was a, that was a memory of mine, but, um, uh, I, I, you know, it's cool standing courtside and then looking up and then seeing Kobe's jersey, you know, and just Dude, being yeah. so close to it for the first time. 
and yeah. close to the action and everything. Yeah, dude, that's dope. That's dope that you actually get paid to basically watch the games. Like, do you, are you able to watch it court side? No. Or? So no, that's a big uh, that's a big oh. point that they make for the job, which is your job isn't to watch games; it's to take the clients around and guide them through Staples Center. Uh-huh. So yeah, if you watch the games, like you'll you'll get fired. So. <laughs> But I, I don't care. I got to stand courtside for like 10 yeah. minutes. And I saw, apparently Jay-Z walked right by me and like, I didn't notice. My coworkers noticed. <laughs> but yeah, we were standing in the half court tunnel, um, just making sure some people stand along, alongside the walls and do the high fives and whatever. And yeah, uh, I saw a bunch of Lakers walk by, a bunch of Clippers walk by, and then Jay-Z walked by. But like, I didn't notice at all. Right. Yeah. I mean... I guess I was like, I was kind of checking out some of your, your other podcasts uh, when you were like asking me about uh, just doing one. And I was like, kind of, uh, I was like checking out a couple and seeing uh, how, how you like kind of run things and stuff. And I was like watching the, the episode where you were doing, uh, doing one about uh, like Asian Americans in sports and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of like got me thinking about how you're trying to, uh, I guess, be one of uh one of the kind of like Asian trailblazers uh, in sports in some way, whether it's like sports writing or uh, just doing like podcasts about basketball, or like kind of just um, getting into that kind of like media aspect, I'm assuming, or maybe a more like analytical role. Uh, so you do like some of that. So I was just kind of wondering like how your parents kind of like feel about you, like going into something like that. That's not, uh, I guess, stereotypically uh, Asian route, I guess. They have they have no idea what like the professional sports world is like, you know. They right. just know they 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 um they they assume that like uh since LeBron James makes like millions of dollars that like I'm headed on the right track and I'll probably be <laughs> making millions of dollars or something. Yeah, that's that's the amount of knowledge they know about that. Um, but you know, I I guess like you could say my parents have uh pretty like low standards for me like not in a bad way but in, in yeah. a way where it's like you know as long as i'm they say as long as i'm happy and as long as i could support myself like they're fine Dang. so that's i dope. think of that as just like really low standards right where it's just two yeah. things just accomplish those two things and like my parents would be fine with it right Whereas, they're like, just supportive yeah yeah i'd say high standards would be like you know you have to be in this field and you have to have this salary and have to have this size house mm. I, i'd say that's high standards right low standards yeah. is just be happy and like you support yourself yeah, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, but uh, I want to talk more about like community college just a little bit, I guess. But f- yeah, I've, been, I've also been thinking about it for the past couple of days, which is remember. So you and I, we went to Temple City High School, the same city, right. and then we went to the same community college. I also right. didn't do that well in high school, so that's why yeah. I went. But I've I've been thinking lately, like, do you remember how many people in your year went to PCC, and like, do you ever think how many people made it out? You know, and mm. doesn't that kind of make you sad that like someone you know but like you probably aren't thinking of right now they're they're still there or they're just trying to figure things out or they just kind of gave up on it yeah i mean i've definitely seen a good amount of people that i guess were considered who i thought were like really smart and they ended up at pcc and there was always like this stigma around going to community college you know it's like your senior year of high school people are like oh i'm going to like Berkeley or I'm going to UCLA or I'm going to like all these really like good schools, like especially in California. And it's like, it's like, honestly, at the time I was like really sad about it. 
Um, I basically, I didn't even take the SAT or ACT. So I had literally no chance of going to any college. So like I, I had to go to community college if I wanted to go that college route. Um, and there was like a lot of smart people that I thought were like going to those really good schools. And um, it's like the smart route is honestly going to community college for like two years. You save so much money. And it's something that people don't really uh, consider when you're like in high school applying for colleges and stuff. Um, but a lot of people did do that and they ended up like, I know a lot of people that went to, they still ended up at like Berkeley, UCLA, USC. Um, but they saved like half the tuition because they were out in two years or less even. Um, so I think it's, it's definitely like something to really like consider seriously. I think especially now with like the cost of tuition being so high and with basically money being super tight right now in like times like this where it's like you really have to be conscious of um decisions you make and kind of like figuring out that that route i think when you're um in high school but it's not something people usually want to look at because uh just i'm assuming the stigma like it's it's pretty hard to overcome that kind of like peer pressure uh when there's kind of expectations of you to go to college and yeah, I mean, definitely wasn't easy. I think it's also just having like the right attitude during community college. Like it's two yeah. years of your life and every single grade that you get, that's not an A kind of like, you know, is like a punch for you that you have yeah. to just take, I guess. And um, just not, not giving up, I think. And just having a good attitude about the future and about your uh, potential in life and I feel like that's, that's how people make it through. Otherwise yeah. you kind of just, you kind of just like you stick around for a PCC too long where in classes, you, th there are those people that have been there for like six years, which, you know, oh, yeah, uh, who sure. knows what their situation is, but I'd say right. just from the, at, uh, the atmosphere of the school, some people are kind of feeling, uh, you, you kind of think they're, they're like defeated, you know, they, they hmm. act like they're defeated and right. going through the motions. Yeah, but yeah. I, that was just a random thought I had a couple of days ago where people from my high school, I know a bunch of people went in, but like, I wonder how many people went out hmm. and just like yeah. friends that I follow on, 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 on social media, I know they made it out, but like, I feel like there must be someone I'm forgetting that like, unfortunately is still there or just yeah. decided to do something else. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I definitely think it's, it's like something that, um, you really have to make your own and it's like, you can let what other people say and feel uh, about like uh, going to community college should really affect how you do. It's like, like you're saying, like you really just got to focus on yourself and just be focused and just know that you're there to basically just like get the job done. And it's like, you just focus for whatever amount of time. Like it doesn't even have to be the two year period that people always say that you should like get out. And it's like, you move at your own pace and uh, you just like, whatever works for you, like you just, like at the end of the day, you just get out. Like, you know, that's, that's the goal. Um, and it's like, as long as that happens, it's like, that's all you can really ask for. Just like focus, get out, like work on your own timeline. So then a year ago, I went back to PCC for uh, one of our accounting professors events. And then I saw you there and uh, we started talking and then right, you're, right. you're telling me like, Hey, you should have talked about your sports thing a lot yeah. more. Because I I didn't do that when I was on the speaking panel, but then right. uh, then I was like, hey, you should be on my podcast. So <laughs> this podcast has been a year in the making. Right. I mean, right. I think at that event, it was like 
there were a lot of those people were uh, that were speaking at that panel were kind of um, like professional managerial kind of um, outlooks. Like it was it was a accounting uh, event, so it was. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like that's to be expected, but I think the fact that you had something very unique um, in in like on a podcast and you're going in like the sports industry, it's like it's it's that unique perspective that um, really just gives people another avenue to look at rather than just be like, Oh, I'm going to be a business major and go into accounting or finance and, and kind of have that preset um, notion that that's what you should be doing because that's where the money is. But it's like, um, I don't know. I see like a lot of uh, articles or videos about uh, how it's like, if you're something about like $75,000, uh, of salary per year is kind of where, um, happiness is, uh, capped in terms of, of making money. So it's like, if you make more, um, it's not going to make you more happy. So I don't know how true that is, but it's like, at a certain point, it's like, you really got to do what you love. So it doesn't, uh, feel like you're, you're kind of trapped for 30 years, you know? So, I mean, that's, that's why I was like really talking about, um, your podcast and just really kind of like hyping you up to, like kind of talk more about it because it's it's definitely unique and you're taking a you're like going out on a, a limb and taking a a kind of like different approach to the stereotypical like uh, job or whatever it is that you're trying to do and it's it's just it, yeah it's just different and it's interesting so yeah I felt so bad after that event for, for not talking more about, about sports and why, why, or the fact that I'm trying to work in sports, because Mm. I guess at that point I didn't have like anything significant on my resume. So I felt Mm. like I, uh, I felt like everyone in the room, like they're only interested in accounting. Right. I kind of was just like very reserved about that. And then I think later when I was talking to people like you and others, they were like, Oh, you should have said more about that. Or Mm. I, I wanted to ask you about, uh, your podcast or whatever, or some people yeah. did. And then I had to like say it was about sports and then people got interested and right. Yeah. I felt bad about, about not saying more because there are probably people in the audience that weren't sure about accounting anyways. Yeah. And then yeah. little did I know, like I think two months or three months after that event, I got the internship for summer league. Hey, okay. I was supposed to be for this year. And then six months later I got a job with the Clippers part time. Right. So hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure there's more people like you that want to kind of enter the, in, the sports industry. Like there's tons of people that are fans of sports and like people watch sports like sometimes like religiously, you know, so it's like there's bound to be people that want to enter the industry. But it's like it's like figuring out that path and that route is is um, it's I'm assuming it's pretty difficult and it's kind of unknown. Like there's no that destination like any other job for like say accounting it's like you finish college uh your third fourth year you get that internship um hopefully the the people that give you that internship want to bring you back after you graduate and you kind of like go that route you know it's kind of been said and done um you know for years but it's like entering this industry it's it's so new and especially now it's so like modernized um over the internet it's kind of like um I know I knew a guy at uh, San Diego that um, he actually transferred from San Diego to USC and he's uh, doing uh, sports writing for Bleacher Report. Um, And he's, he's kind of like, 
he's doing like pretty well for himself, kind of just doing it on the side. And I, I just thought that was like so interesting that um, it's like something that people are willing to kind of just jump into and just go for it. Like it's, it's definitely intimidating to really enter that new space. That's kind of like unknown and like uncharted territory. Yeah. I think a industry like sports or entertainment where it's risky, it's really competitive, but I think of it as just like a journey that like keeps me curious and keeps me wanting more from it, I guess. And Hmm. I never got that from the accounting industry. Like I spent, I spent two days in an accounting firm. I wasn't working, but I was externing. So hmm. it was with like Kroos CPA, like that firm that uh, really close with the PCC. Right. And I think I just talked with a bunch of audit people and tax people and I never just got like the journey. I never understood the accounting journey that much. It was very straightforward. Right. Um, just get, you know, from all the people I see on LinkedIn right now who are kind of, you know, I feel like, I honestly feel like they're, they're reading, the, they're not reading the room that well, where everyone else is getting their opportunities um, cut. And then they're just saying, oh, I got an internship with KPMG. Right. Um, I just feel like with so many people posting on LinkedIn right now, I'm wondering like, what would it take for you? Like how bad do you have to mess up to lose a full-time job? after completing an internship with like an accounting firm. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious, like, it's like, it's like a, it's like a perfectly designed system for you to have a full-time job as long as you don't mess up too much. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, that's just what's so appealing. I think, um, especially, uh, where, from where we grew up, uh, or at least went to high school, it's like our area is so predominantly, uh, Asian that it's like, we all grew up kind of similar. Like we, we all kind of like understand in a way um, like the family dynamic and like the college dynamic that is kind of put onto, um, I guess, Asian people in general, that it's like college is the route where you want that like stability from your job. And um, it's, it's like, it's sometimes it's hard to like overcome that, I guess. And it's like, people get so caught up in that, that it's, it's like, it's like at the moment when you're working so hard for something and like you're chasing after it, it's like, it might seem like it's working out and it's doing well, but um, I mean like how many people are really that interested in like accounting or finance that they would do it as a career. Um, and it's like, how long can you really do it for? And I guess I was lucky because my dad like owned his own construction business for over 35, 30 years, I think now 30 years. Um, so I kind of grew up in that, environment of um he's never had a boss like he's always been his own boss um he worked as a handyman like came from came from china and just like worked hard like worked as a dishwasher starting off um and then just really working his way up um to his craft and just like building his own business and i always like i always like overlooked that because he's my dad but it's like really taking time to think about what he's done and um just like owning your own business for like 30 years it's not easy and um just I guess always being exposed to that kind of environment really made me look and think of things in a different way where it's like I didn't want to go the kind of professional like uh job route if I didn't have to um at least for the long term so 
yeah, that's why I'm trying to like look at different possibilities and just really see if they work out or not. And I'm, I'm really not sure if they will, but I, I want to at least take the chance to, um, when you're kind of younger and you don't have as much risk, I guess, associated and, um, with, I guess, just being young, I guess that's one of the benefits. Yeah. Me, me too, man. Um, with the sports world, um, just being young, I just want to do everything I can and try. And if I fail, then so be it. But like, I'm going to try first. Right. Right. Yeah. At least like give it a go, you know? So you never know how it's going to turn out. Yeah. And I felt the same way um, in community college where when I was thinking about what I wanted to do, I was only thinking the fields that were interesting to me. I was only thinking of like stability first or financial mm-hmm. reasons first. And right. Not like right. Personal satisfaction at all. Hmm. So when did you start really going, start to look at the the sports world as a more serious uh, path, I guess, and like kind of looking away from that typical uh, route that people usually go to? Started at first year at UCI. Uh, so 2018, fall 2018. I was walking around, I was walking around club day and then I saw the sports business association and turns out like it was their first year, first time like being a club as well. Cause it used to be a club back then. And then it just took a hiatus and then it came back with new people. So I signed up for that club and then I went to one of their meetings early fall quarter. And then I started thinking about it a little bit more, but, uh, that fall quarter was like a little bit adjusting for me so I kind of just stopped going to the meetings for a bit right and then winter quarter came and then I went to more meetings and then there's this one guy his name's Larry Kuhn he's a salary cap expert in the NBA and he came to talk about his work and um, but also his sports business program that he teaches at summer league in Vegas and he he was you know explaining that if you wanted to go like it'd be a great opportunity for you mm. to get into the business. So, right. But it wasn't free. So I thought oh. about it and I was like, I'm going to save money for a year and then go next year, meaning this year. Right. But then I, I just held off. I, I, I gave them my email for their contact list. And uh, I was just, they kept emailing me every week to try to get me to join. But I just ignored them until mm. the last day of like their promotional, um, promotional discount. Um, and then Larry emailed me himself and he asked me if I had any questions. So I did. And I told him like, I don't know if I'd be a good fit for you. I'm, I'm like a college junior, not, not a lot of uh, real world life experience. So I don't know if I could, um, add, add benefits or I could be add anything to your program. And he said like, don't worry about it. Like we take, we take people from all walks of life. So you know, honestly, I thought, I thought the whole program was a scam. So I was like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> even though I met the guy in person and he seemed fine. I, 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 I was still thinking like, I don't know. But then when he right. emailed me personally, that's when I kind of like felt like this guy's real and he's being genuine. So hmm. I, I like calculated like how much money I had personally saved up and I had like barely enough, barely enough right. to afford it. So then I just went for it. I just took like the entire night or afternoon tonight, just writing a cover letter fixing my resume, sending it in. And then I got accepted. Right. Mm -hmm. I had nothing else to do like for that summer. So we're talking last summer of 2019. I had nothing to do. Everyone was getting internships. So this is like my only thing happening. 
went to the went to the program. It was a one week program. Learned about salary cap, about scouting, analytics, and the NBA. What it's like to work in the front office. They had like a bunch of general managers come and other people come in the front office. Wow. Um. Anyways, the whole it was a one week program. I didn't sleep at all during the week. I slept like five hours or less. It wasn't working. It was just like networking Dang. with people and just hang out with people. Yeah. In the program and outside. And at the end of the week, they just chose like who were the top four students in the class. We had about okay. 90, 87 people in the class and I was just picked as one of them. And wow. I wasn't, I wasn't the smartest. Uh, I, I thought, I thought the people that would get picked would be like the future GMs of the world, you know, like, these, right. like the people that were going to be the head of their organization someday. I thought those people were going to get picked, but that didn't turn out to be the case. So life lesson, it was just like, you don't have to be the smartest <laughs> to like stand out in the, the room. And, um, being picked as one of the four also means that you can come back and intern and help with the program for next year. Mm-hmm. So that was what I was going to do this, uh, this summer in July. Right. And then the Clippers thing, I just, uh, I just saw their posting on LinkedIn one night and then I met, uh, I met someone that used to have my job at a networking event at UCI, like in November of okay. 2019. So then I just reached out to her. I just, name dropped her to the HR people did really well in the interview and got the job. Dang, so awesome. to answer your question, I didn't really start thinking seriously about this until I was one of the four top students from my program. That, that kind of just like was a sign to me like, Hey, maybe you should try this sports thing out. You, you kind of yeah. got a big thing going here. And yeah. um, then I got the Clippers job and then I was like, wow, like two, two times in a row I got, I got picked for something. So this might be a good, uh, good thing to do here. So, yeah, I mean, that might just mean that you're doing something right, you know? If maybe the first time is by chance, you know, the second time it can't be by chance too, right? You know? So, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it's like it's like it's like a sign for me saying, "Hey, maybe maybe this sports world is like good place to be for you and uh yeah. where where I should be for the for the future." Yeah, I mean, like how are you saying you you had the idea that the the top 4 of of your class in that internship would maybe be the future GM. So are you saying that you could potentially be in that role in the future? I never, I never thought about that. No one has ever brought that point up, but uh, I don't know. Being a GM is cool, but going through the program, um, I even got to talk to a a former GM one-on-one and the kind, the kinds of things that that job does to you on the personal side, just from what I heard from, from this person you it's like a job that I think a lot of people would take like automatically on the spot. But if you really know what it's like to be in that job, you you probably take some time to think about it and ask right. your family and maybe your, probably, yeah. your partner first before you take the job. It's probably but, super uh, stressful. I mean, you, you kind of like see the, the news on like Bleacher Report of like, if you have a losing record, you're pretty much like in the hot seat and you're pretty much, you, you like have a really good chance of being fired and it's definitely really stressful to kind of make sure you're doing the right job, not just for the organization and, um, and like trying to help them be better and do well. But it's like, at the same time, it's kind of your career too, that is on the line constantly. And a lot of things are just kind of out of your control. So it's like, you could do only so much, but it's like, sometimes it's, 
if things don't work out and you know, you, it's always the coaches or like the GMs that are looked at first, you know? So it's, it's definitely really tough, but is there like a kind of industry that you're looking to in particular uh, to really like specialize in if it's like scouting or uh, market cap or like something like that? Right now I'm thinking the salary cap, but again, right. like same thing with scouting, you know, like there's certain kinds of scouts that they, they just, they just watch basketball by themselves. They travel the country by themselves. Um, those are like the advanced scouts. Mm-hmm. And then the other scouts, like they go to colleges or high schools or whatever. But like, do I really want to travel the country, travel the world and by myself watching basketball all the time? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. But you know, I'm I'm still thinking about it, and now now I just use the the GM the GM point that we just talked about. I use that to separate people from like people who really know what they're talking about from like just other fans because hmm. the fans will be like, oh yeah, I'd love to be GM with the Lakers. I do <laughs> I do this this and that this this, and then I think the other people they're probably more their 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 opinion on the GM job is probably more detailed, I guess, where hmm. they probably like lay out to you the pros and cons of the job right yeah hmm. but uh yeah it's an interesting being a gm was like pretty interesting and a goal a good goal to strive for i guess right now but i'm very very early on in the career for me just trying to get right. back into the clippers in some way or another working hmm. yeah yeah um but let's 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 go on to um so what what are you doing now? Like you, you your dad had a real estate, uh, I mean, construction business and you're trying to get a real estate license, but right. what are you trying to go for now? Uh, so our, our school basically got shut down and I've basically been doing zoom classes online, you know, like pretty much everyone else. Um, and I'm, I'm actually starting my summer session today. So, but they're all online classes. So it's kind of like at your own pace, but I was really just, trying to see like I spend a lot of time with my dad just talking about uh construction and business because he's just so knowledgeable in the field and it's something that I never really took seriously because I always thought like I never really truly understood what he did and I always kind of had the idea of being my own man and just doing my own thing but it's like it's like my I started to really see my dad as like a professional resource. It's like, I would, I would like go out to work with him at his work sites and um, I would just like do whatever he told me to do. And um, he would have people just call him um, that uh, kind of knew about, knew him from some way, like either a job or something. And they would ask him to basically mentor them um, in the industry. And when I started to really see that, Uh, like often well not often but it's like it happened multiple times and I started to really think uh, of my dad as as like as just like very very knowledgeable in a field that is definitely worth looking at especially in in California it's like the the industry is really expensive like the real estate market it's crazy so it's it's like I was talking with my dad about what I could do and he doesn't want me to like really be hands-on as like a contractor like him so he started really talking to me about being like a a agent and kind of um, having that ability to work with him and kind of just um, 
almost like just find deals for him. And then uh, we would work together, like fix up the place and then maybe like put it back out on the market. And it's like, you cover your expensive expenses from both ends uh, from the buying aspect and from the selling aspect. Cause um, we're like our own agent almost. So we would kind of be like a team and that that's like something that uh, I guess would, would be a scenario I could go in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just started to really uh, research more about uh, what I could do and kind of just figure that out and just really like just spend more time with him now um, and just try to like pick up as much as I can. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Same thing with yeah. me really just about researching about what I can do in the sports world and what kind of opportunities out there and what I need, what do I need to know to like get those opportunities? So right. yeah. Glad you're going for something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I found myself kind of more interested in it, I guess, as time went on, it's like, I never really took it seriously, but it's like, as I guess I'm like finishing college, it's, it's something that kind of is like a looming thread over your head, I guess that it's like, you just kind of got to start thinking about it and uh, kind of figure out your career and take things more seriously. Um, like how you were saying in your third year, people start getting all those internships and um, people are kind of just really figuring things out in their life. And it's like, you kind of see that and it's almost like a little bit of pressure in a good way that makes you really think like, Hey, maybe I should take things a little more seriously and just really start trying to figure things out, you know? So yeah, I mean, definitely a lot of time to start thinking and like figuring things out now. I also wonder like of those people that we see our friends on social media or other people sharing about their new opportunities or whatever, but then it's a, it's a, it's a large number of people, but then you think about how many of those people are actually in love with what they just got hired to do. I think so that creates another level of challenge for finding an opportunity, but also something that you care about. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and I I think, now, like, I'm sure you've heard of, of uh, like, you actually touched on it earlier, how a lot of people's internships are basically, like, revoked, and they're gone, and it's, it's like, um, I was just, like, reading a lot of the news about how in 2008, basically, a lot of people lost their jobs, and the idea was that the jobs would come back after things got better, um, but what ended up happening was the middle-class jobs basically got wiped away. And what actually came back were kind of lower paying jobs. So it's kind of this, uh, what people called is like, uh, they call it like the hauling out of the middle class where it's like things kind of just get worse and worse. And you see like the rise of Amazon and like, um, Instacart, Grubhub, like all these, what people call like contractor work where it's like people are kind of forced, um, into this, this kind of Avenue that is kind of sold as like a, entrepreneurship uh job i guess like you're kind of your own boss working instacart or those kinds of jobs and it's it's like it's not um as good as they kind of like advertise it to be and it's it's like a lot of those people are kind of forced into that industry to uh really like make ends meet uh, especially now so it's like if things were bad in like 2008 like how bad are things going to be now when it's it's almost like amplified um in it from like what's going on yeah that's a really good point 
haven't heard of that before. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of daunting to um, think about our future here. Yeah. Like it's like, we're kind of graduating at the worst time possible. Here. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good, man. Yeah. But a good thing, like I decided to stay at 50 years. So just give myself one more year and hope the, right. this pandemic's going to be over by then. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. same thing for you, right? You're, you're not graduating this year. No. Yeah. I, I still got another year. Um, so I have things to figure out. So it's like the people that are really going out into the job market now are really facing like the absolute worst times of things. It's like, you can't really build up your resume or your portfolio of, of like just doing different things right now. Like, I mean, I guess you could try to do your own business or something and kind of like build up something small that may look good, uh, for employers if, if that's like what you're interested in. But it's, it's like, things are just so different and it's just really difficult. I think to really, um, yeah, like just kind of think about that. It's like, there's, there's so many other things that are, are just more meaningful, I guess, with like all the news of like, I think we're reaching like hundred thousand deaths in the U S now. And it's like, it's, it's kind of sad to see that those numbers are probably understated and, um, like the testing capacities probably aren't the greatest right now. So it's like the numbers could be a lot worse than they really are. And it's like, you really just see that. And like think about it. Um, and it's like, those aren't just numbers. Like, you know, those are people and the, those are like actual, uh, lives that are basically just gone. And you really think about like, how serious is this that it's like, it's like, everything's just so uncertain. It's like, there's nothing to really, uh yeah. I mean, sometimes it's just like, you, you kind of just like, it like, I'm kind of just like in my class or something. And sometimes it just hits me and I'm just like, I'm like, wow, like this is something that is going to be in the history books like forever. Like this is going to be like, it's like 2020 is the year that just, just got like the world just stopped. You know, it's, it's, it's like, it's kind of crazy to be like living through history right now, I guess. Yeah. I, I didn't tell you this, but I thought I had the Clippers job back then. So in order to make the timing work and the, the commuting work, I decided to withdraw from spring quarter at UCI. Oh. And then when I found out the season was suspended, I could have gone back, but mm -hmm. dude, just not having classes anymore, not having homework anymore, <laughs> just way more appealing. So I have no idea how those Zoom classes are. So how, one of my questions was like, how, how is Zoom University going for you? Yeah, I mean, Zoom University, it's definitely interesting. I mean, I think since a lot of the professors are usually older, um, their kind of feel and adjustment to technology is definitely difficult. Like, um, I actually had like, w the first class I've ever had um, when, when Zoom University kind of started up was uh, one of my professors uh, was trying to work out how Zoom worked. And she, <laughs> there was this guy in my class that was basically uh, sitting on this toilet uh, with his phone on Zoom. And it was literally uh, facing him. Like you could see his face just uh, under the ceiling in his phone. So like, you know, this guy's like kneeling on his toilet. And this girl calls him out <laughs> and like all the audio is still showing. Like, it's like the audio is, uh, it can be heard by everyone. And, uh, she's like, she's like, Oh my God, that guy's, that guy's really taking a dump right now. Like in class. 
And, <laughs> and our professor like our professor calls both of them out. It's like, hey, uh, both of your both of your mics are muted, or both of your mics are unmuted. It's like I think you guys should mute your mic. And I just thought that was like the funniest thing ever. How the first class <laughs> that happens and. But I was like, I was showing it to all my friends and I was like, I was just dying. I was like, wow, this is, this is going to be an interesting finish the semester, you know? So it was, it's, it's definitely an adjustment, but it's, I think it's some of the online classes are just really easy, I guess. I mean, I guess that's the best way to put it. It's like, it might be different next uh, semester or quarter. Uh, and I think as, as teachers kind of just adjust and get more training on how to use it, it it'll get better. But I mean, some, some professors just like one of my other professors literally just got an iPhone uh, two years ago. So I don't, I don't know how familiar he is with kind of getting on technology. And I'm sure a lot of professors are kind of um, out of touch with technology. So yeah, it's, it's really hard to say how things are going to go. I honestly wouldn't mind if UCI made its decision to go online again for fall quarter, just cause I want to experience the online class life. Right. And, uh, two of my classes are like one, two of the hardest like econ classes in the major. So I wouldn't mm -hmm. mind having it online actually. <laughs> and, uh, since it'll be the second quarter that like everyone's using zoom, like it should be an easier experience for me. Right. Mm -hmm. Just not having to adjust or any, anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I and think dude, I, like yeah. honestly, my my other like take on this is like in lecture halls where there's like a hundred people or more, which is like most college classes, right? Everyone's on their like laptops or iPads and they're doing something other yeah. than school. So I don't get it why why when people like say that online classes takes away from the experience when like the experience is already not really an experience anymore in in person, anyways. I feel right. like the people who the people who say that are the ones who stay like sit in front who don't like, you know, notice all the screens like flickering or whatever. So basically I mean, teachers pets is what I'm, is what I'm getting at here who are complaining. Right. I mean, I, I think so in classes that, that, that's basically what I did. Like I, I kind of just watched like highlights from games in classes, but I did that I think, too. I, I, I'm yeah. not saying I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not doing that, but yeah, I'm saying but, like, you know, people are like somebody, all of us are doing that in class already. And that's right. taking away the experience anyways. Yeah. So what difference does it make to have the class online? Yeah, I think, I think for us, it might be a little different from our perspective because coming from community college, um, I think the experience that some people are talking about is, is that college experience of experiencing what campus life is like and just uh, like clubs and meeting new people on campus and stuff. And I guess, since that's taken away, it's like that social aspect is more gone rather than the, the educational aspect. It's like, it's like really in class, it's what are you really going to learn that you're going to use in the future? Unless you're, you're one of like the very uh, school oriented majors, like uh, being a, a doctor or a lawyer or engineer, like stuff that you really need to apply to your career. But it's like, I don't know how much of classes are, are like they, what you learn in class is really going to be used in the future. So I'm assuming the, the college experience, like for incoming freshmen say, you know, like, it's like, they're kind of having this, um, this idea of what college is going to be like. And it's like the campus life and like meeting people and just like the clubs and stuff. But 
it's like since that's kind of gone it's it's like i don't know yeah i think from community college it's like it felt very uh similar to that where it's like you just kind of at least for me i was just trying to like trying to go through the classes and get out like as fast as i can and that was like my mindset and um yeah i mean community life at community college isn't that great i guess so it's hard to say i think i think the people that are the most sad are never mind i was getting into something i was gonna say i was gonna say like i was gonna say just generally people some people are too reliant on the college system to like give them success in the future. Like they're, they're relying on college to set them up for success later. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that it's definitely something I, I, I think since going to, or I guess since having no other option and going to community college, I, it's something I really thought about where it's like, like you literally see this headline of like 2 trillion, um, in student loans and stuff where it's like you hear people literally paying off their loans until they die and it's like if you don't have the money and you file for bankruptcy it's like that loan still follows you um so it's it's like it's like how how willing are you to really go into debt and how certain are you that going into debt by going to college is really going to set you up for a career that's basically going to be able to pay that debt off and it's like it's like people really don't think about it that much. And I start really thinking about how going to community college is, is really been so helpful to um, just really think about, um, I guess, just the loans. I mean, just really think about it from that aspect. And like, it's like how valuable is, is like the modern education system really. And it's like with, with the pandemic going on, it's like a lot of colleges are getting um, shut down. Like they're literally going bankrupt. And it's like, this is really going to change the, 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 the way people look at online education from not just um, like using Zoom for lectures and stuff, but things like um, Google, um, and like teaching their, their coding classes online from like classes. It's like you can get Google certification online now. And you can do like, um, I think like a lot of the really more prestigious colleges start putting out uh, programs and classes online. Um, to really just get more information out there. So it's like the traditional route is going to be really looked at seriously, I think. And just, um, it like, it's really hard to see how things are going to go. I really hope we, I get to experience this in our last year, but probably not. <laughs> um, I'm hoping when, when like my kids are in college, if they choose to, mm-hmm. I'd like the system to be where in class lectures are optional. So if you feel like showing up that day, you can go and be, be there in person. <laughs> Otherwise, like all, all lectures will be recorded, um, recorded online and you can just watch from your, your, your house. Yeah. People, yeah. that way people don't have to commute. People don't have to buy an apartment if they live in another country or another state. Right. I, I, I that's what, that's my dream. That's my dream, Dylan, yeah. of like that kind of optionality of classes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like the at home aspect is just so appealing for so many people. Like it's just so convenient. It's like a lot of the businesses now are kind of forced to go online. Like um, a lot of tech companies in Silicon Valley are basically wiping um, their, their, their footprint on like uh, commercial buildings. And they're kind of just like, Hey, 
work from home. And what that really does is like, it's like people don't have to be in Silicon Valley to like have those types of jobs. So you could be making very good money from working for those companies like Facebook, Amazon, um, Apple, like in Silicon Valley, but you could be in a lower cost of living area now since you can work remotely. So it's like, it's like, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so interesting really to just see like how things are going to turn out and how things are going to really like change from this. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Like just thinking about some of these things and like seeing some of the news that's like coming out. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Dylan, I feel like we could talk about our, we could talk for hours about the, the state of the world. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, like I, I didn't have any questions lined up <laughs> from what we just talked about. I had only basketball questions. Right. So, this is total improv by us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, off basketball, I think uh, one of the, the things, like there was just a headline, I think about how the, the NBA was really looking at a, a world cup, like a uh, turn tournament style uh, bracket system, I think where it's like, it, it's uh, the top, was it 12 teams from each conference basically like battle it out for like a playoff spot. Um, and really like it, it's like, I just saw that news like this morning and, um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was just so interesting how, uh, they would kind of do that. I mean, it's, it's like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that kind of format? I think there's just so many, so many options out there that people have proposed that like no one remembers them all. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 But um, I think going forward with however they continue the season, I think, I think um, like on one hand, if you make everyone come back to play, then yes, you'll probably, you know, uh, soften that, that uh, money loss a little bit more, mm-hmm. but then there, you know, you'll be forcing people to play for no reason because they right. won't be making the playoffs but then they, they might get infected and that might start another, you know, outbreak um, right. with the virus. I think, I think the best way to go is like have games, but only, only have players there if like it's necessary for them to be there and if they want to be there. Hmm. And, you, you know, Adam Silver has tried to say like, try to try to go forward doing what's best for the world in terms of like, you know, playing for like the entertainment in the world, but I feel like that's just mm-hmm. not necessary. So I'd say just, 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 just start to the, start the playoffs immediately. Just get mm-hmm. to a championship one to eight. But the idea I do like is um, maybe having the, the borderline teams like the nine, 10, 11 seeds, mm-hmm. having some kind of um, a play in tournament for the, the seventh or eighth seed. I like, like that a wild idea card or something. Yeah. I, not a wild card, but, yeah, is that? I guess that is a wild card, right? Like just yeah, the borderline, yeah. borderline teams playing so they can have a chance to get into the playoffs. Right. I like that idea just because the season just cut off so immediately that it's kind of unfair for those teams right. to not get to uh, make it in. But everyone mm-hmm. else, just like playoffs immediately, just get a championship, and then season over, and then we start playing the next season and start doing the draft and like free agency. Yeah. There's like so much to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like. It's like, it's, it's been like what, two, like three months now of, of just everything just being on hold that it's, it's kind of hard to just 
like figure things out. You know, it's like, I guess that's why there's so much difficulty, but I think they were, they were talking about how they're going to set up some facility and, uh, or work with Disney to just work in like one facility in particular. Right. Um, and just have all the games played there, which I think is like safer from, from like a, a safety aspect where it's like, it's somewhat controlled, um, in the environment where it's like just one area is being used. Um, so they could kind of clean things up and monitor things like as, as like specifically as they can in just one place rather than having multiple arenas being played in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, uh, as Lakers fans, you know, it's like we were having a really good year, uh, you know, first seed, uh, and it was like things were picking up and we were kind of like, just going on a tear, I guess. I mean, we had a couple of rough games against um, the Clippers, you know, uh, and uh, I think it definitely would have been a very interesting season to see with like the rise of, of like Giannis. I think they're like the first in the East with like the best record in the NBA and uh, kind of just the rivalry of uh, the Clippers and just seeing how that would play out. Like if, it, if, it, if it's really going to be like the battle of LA for like the West spot, and, you know, I, it was like, there's so many uh, stories and kind of things that were just cut off that just weren't finished. You know, it, it would really suck to see the season just end here and just like call this year a wipe, you know, without um, just seeing how things would have turned out. Do you think what, if the season comes back that the Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, the top contenders, do you think they'll, you know, play the same or they'll have the same chances and, or it'll, it'll be it'll most likely be you know one of those teams making it to the the finals or semifinals and getting the championship. Hmm. I I think from I think the people that are going to do the best now are the ones that basically stayed in shape and just continued playing and just really kept up with like their 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 work and like their craft, you know. So I think that that should definitely be rewarded, and I'm I'm sure like LeBron is still in that winning mindset where he's just really trying to work out. And like, um, I think the Lakers were saying, uh, they still like keep in contact and just try to like keep close. Um, they like host their own workouts at like LeBron's uh, facilities and like stuff like that. So I think, um, I think, I think the top teams are definitely going to stay competitive. Um, cause I think they're still like in that kind of winning mindset that they have the idea that, um, they have a really good chance to win it all. So um, I think it's probably still going to be like some of the top teams, like Lakers, uh, Clippers, Bucks, um, like maybe the Raptors too. Like the Raptors are like low-key kind of really good um, with like Pascal Siakam basically being like a, a monster, like kind of taking over Kawhi's role. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I think, I think, if I was like pick four teams, I think those would be like the top four teams that would kind of like duke it out in the end, I think for me personally. So yeah, it would be really like good to see that. I think um, just cause no one's seen any sports or like anything uh, really for like three months, you know, I think people you, you didn't see the golf, you it. didn't see the golf matchup. You didn't see the golf. Matchup. Uh, it was I pretty mean, interesting. I, it was pretty good. Yeah. I'm not a fan of I, golf, but yeah. just, just seeing their, their trash talk. And like yeah. the cameras were like really close on you. It was hilarious. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I saw some of the highlights, but yeah, I'm definitely not like a golf guy, but yeah, them just talking trash between like, uh, 
uh, Payne, what uh, was it, uh, Tom Brady and uh, uh, Payne Manning? You know, I, I think it was, it was, it was, it was definitely like entertaining. Like it just goes to show that people are really craving that kind of sports uh, action. I think you know anything that's just sports. You know, there's gonna be like there's so many fans that are just looking for something right now. I, I honestly had more fun watching the golf, the highlights of the the match, the golf match, more than the last dance. There, I said it. I don't care. Hey. I had more fun watching golf, the the golf game, than Last Dance. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't watched it in particular myself, but um, it's something that I was like trying to get around to soon. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it it like I really saw like a lot of uh debate being sparked up of like of like being the go between just LeBron and and MJ, and I think people started to really make the case for LeBron more. I think uh, they they were saying how they Jordan allowed the release of the last dance after like LeBron won with the Cavs and like beat the Warriors. Um, so like I don't know if he's like kind of like feeling that pressure and wants to kind of um, have that have that like the goat being like undisputed or something in his eyes. But yeah, I mean I think it's definitely interesting how they kind of just dropped that and yeah, I mean. I don't know how you feel about the case of that, but I think I think LeBron is definitely, uh, yeah, he's doing a lot, like just all around player. You know, it's hard to really dispute that. I think I think what you just said about Michael Jordan wanting to release the documentary after LeBron winning—that's just like total conspiracy theory right there. Of yeah, <laughs> from people going crazy during this quarantine. That's right. what I think. And then as to like the goat debate, I just get so tired, man. Like it's the same argument coming up again and again. And like the only thing we can really compare is just like championships, but then that's like that's like another yeah. five levels, five layers of like stuff that you can argue. And I'm yeah. not I'm not really interested in those debates. I just feel like they don't get anywhere. Yeah, it's no. it's definitely hard to compare the different eras and just really like do like cross cross era comparisons it's like things are just so different from like like the the rise of like the three-point era or like stuff like that it's like you can't really compare those statistics um as like equals and it's like it's like i don't know i always i always like look at like the impact on the game i guess as just being like the most important thing it's like how how important are you in the game is like is really what matters at the end of the day it's like what did you do to help your team win you know that's what really matters at the end of the day it's like it's like, what are you doing to win, you know? And, you know, like, I think LeBron just got, like, a lot of hate um, from, like, going to Miami and stuff like that. But it's, like, coming to L.A., it was, like, really trying to, uh, like, embrace embrace LeBron into the Lakers. And just, like, it's, like, it's like dude, he's, he's really helping out the Lakers, like, a ton. You know, it's, like, we weren't exactly in the best place in the past, like, couple of years. So it's, like, just having him come in and just – really like what he worked with on the Cavs um, and like won it all with the Cavs team. It's like, it's like, it's just, it's crazy to see what he can do with, with like, just like his play style of just being all around, like good at everything pretty much now. Well, except free throws, you know, so. Yeah. Except free throws. We don't, we don't <laughs> like his, we don't like his yeah. free throw rate this, this season. We, we don't talk about that yet, especially yeah. not in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, not not pretty, but still, still better than last year. I think way better. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. 
Kobe. Co- any Kobe mm-hmm. stories? Any Kobe memories? How, how did you feel after what happened? Dude, yeah. I mean, it. I'll, I'll always remember it because, like, I, I was literally, I was in church that day when, when I, the news came out. Like, it, it dropped at, like, like 10, 10 a.m. or something um, where it's, like, um, like my phone was kind of just, uh, it was just, like, ringing a lot from, like, all the different news um, headlines and stuff coming out. And I looked at my phone, and I was, like, I saw the news. It's, like, it's like Kobe Bryant dead in a helicopter crash. And I was, like, I was, like, dude, no way. This can't be serious. And then, like, more stories kept dropping and dropping. And, like, I was literally just refreshing the page and just really seeing if it was, like, true or not. And it's, like, it was so un- unbelievable at the time. It's, like, it's like, like Kobe wasn't just, like, a a mythical, like, basketball figure. But it's, like, it's, like, he was literally so many people's childhood memories. It's, like, you're playing on the court. Like, everyone knows, like, you yell Kobe when you shoot, you know? Like, you, you're throwing a, a paper ball in the trash can. Like, you got to get Kobe's help, you know? Like, it's like Kobe was, like, his impact on the culture is just, like, so strong, especially, I think, for, for people, like, our age and, like, and just, like, in, like, their 20s, where it's, like, they really grew up watching Kobe and seeing him just, like, dominate. It's, like, it was, like, his – it was, like, yeah. I mean, he just had so much – so much – like, he – he just like he literally gave me like some hope in like playing some basketball. I guess like it's like I never really had any serious aspirations, but it's like I just wanted to like play basketball and kind of just I don't know like try to emulate what he did. Like I always try to do fadeaways and like I would airball them and like miss them and stuff. But it was like it was like just watching him do them. It's like yeah, it was inspiring. So it was like getting that news was it was like definitely hard, especially like growing up in LA. It's like, it's like, like Kobe was literally the man. Like he was, he was like, he was LA pretty much, you know, it's like, it's like, it's still hard to believe sometimes, but yeah. I mean, and like the work he was doing post basketball with like dear basketball winning, uh, uh, winning awards and just like writing books and inspiring children and like his work for women basketball. It's like, he was literally doing everything to just further the sport of basketball for the next generation. Um, so it's like, it's hard to really like see that, that loss, you know, not just from a basketball standpoint um, of, of like just what he's done in his career, but it's like for the next generation of uh, people in basketball and like for the WNBA, which is like starting to really like be in the news more now. It's like, he was really doing so much for basketball. Like it's, yeah, it's just hard to see. Like no one was, kind of putting in that effort post-retirement like he was I think he he was a he was a player that got me hooked into basketball late later in uh later in life than like most people I think our age because I I didn't watch as a kid mm-hmm. again my parents they don't they don't care they don't care about right. basketball they don't care about Kobe so I had to kind of figure I had to find find out about his uh his career his playing by myself but I found out in like high school actually when Hmm. I think I was a junior or sophomore and that's when I started watching. And I think he was like one of the first games I saw like from start to finish. And, you know, he was old. He was, uh, he had a couple of injuries already, but mm-hmm. he was still playing hard. And that kind of like drew your interest. Like how, how he's playing so hard, but his numbers aren't that good, but then he's a legend and you've heard about him all your life. So that's what my one connection, my other one is just, he gave me the only Kobe story I have. Like everyone else, you know, 
you got to experience the 81 points, like good for you. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't get to, <laughs> but, um, for me, like it was just being there at his last game, but not inside Staples center. You know, mm-hmm. remember Boris Tom from our high school? Oh yeah. 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 Me and him, we drove to Staples center the night of his last game and we stood outside with everyone else that couldn't get tickets on the big screen. There was no big screen, dude. We, There's the, no we, big screen? We thought the Lakers would put up a big screen or ESPN right. would, but there were no big screens. So Wow. But we had to we stood outside all night and we watched from like the small restaurant TV monitors to uh-huh. the, for the game. Like no one yeah. thought he would score that many points. So they didn't yeah. yeah. So Boris and I we just stood out all night with everyone else from the city. It was super crowded, by the way. Like yeah think like how crowded it was when he died uh, at Staples Center yeah. the LA Live this is like same amount of people but like you know obviously in a much happier mood right. and we're just standing around restaurant TVs and just watching and we're just cheering together and it was like it was like a great night man I did yeah. I, I, my mom was like really strict on me in high school so I had to mm-hmm. like sneak out and just <laughs> so that was like a funny story in and uh, by itself so yeah, he yeah. gave me those are my two connections to him and yeah. Yeah. I mean dude, Kobe's last game was was something else. That's that's like legendary on its own, how like getting getting uh sixty in your last game of your career and, and like you could see the exhaustion on his face, like just trying to grind out the last like quarter or like the last half even of like the game. But he's just like pushing through, like he knows that it's 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 it and you can see him literally giving everything he has. And it's like, you see him like doing all the stuff he's basically done over his career. Basically like he's getting double teamed, he's shooting it over them, fading back. Like he's doing, he's just doing like Kobe things. And it's like, it's like, and it's like just seeing that it's like, it's like sometimes I just like go back. I just like rewatch the game, rewatch highlights, rewatch like his speeches at the end. And it's like, it's like, it's like, wow. It's like, what a, what a fitting end to, to, to like his career. It's like for Kobe, it's like, it's like, you know, Shaq basically said it. It's like, you know, I asked him to, to give me 50 and, and a guy gave me 60, you know. It's like, it's like Kobe was just that overachiever and just like really seeing that. It's like, it was, it was, it was like just chilling, you know. It's, it's crazy. It was crazy. Yeah, I got, I mean, I missed, I missed a lot of his career, but I'm glad I was there at the end and mm-hmm. I got to saw the last game and the last time. And I saw a beautiful recap of his career. Yeah, 60 points. Yep. I saw it all. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Dylan. Yeah. Yeah, of course, man. Thanks for having me on. You got that feeling. One, two, three, turn it.